Haven't we used this song before? <laughs> yes, we have. Can't put nothing past you, Fright Clubbers. Second time we've used that song, but there is a good reason for that. It is the second annual Skeletons in the Closet Oscars edition. That's right. We're going back to the beginning of some of this year's big Oscar hopefuls. Well, maybe not back to the very beginning, but back far enough that they were starring in some bad or kind of bad horror movies. Are these all bad? Yes, they're bad. All, all right. All bad, all, all bad horror movies. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we are from MadWolf.com. And uh, this was fun last year, digging into the, the skeletons yeah. in the closet. Yep. Of these uh, these nominees who have gone on to bigger and much better things, and we'll talk a little bit about the nominees yeah. this year because there's, I know there's been some you know there's been some hubbub, and we won't get into that uh, about this year's nominees, but the ones that did make the final list, we'll talk about. And last week, of course, it was the Lady Vampires, as we did it live with a great crowd. I thought the Gateway Film the Center, Gateway yeah, Film it was fun. Center. It's a gorgeous movie to see on screen. I'm just glad so many people came out to to watch it with us on screen on a yeah. big screen. Had a good time with that, and also we had a couple of good a uh, couple good comments, some good feedback. Yeah, one is from our good friend Tom Howard, and he had mentioned prior to the broadcast, and he brought up again, he wanted to see Dracula's Daughter, and um, we should have at least talked about it because it's one of those really early, like you know, 30s, 40s, really early with the with the you know the it's black and white with the sort of weird hypnotic lighting. Across her eyes. This is a kind of kind of movie where a character will say, "Look into my eyes. What do you see?" <laughs> you know, it is really fun. It's a fun one. And we also had a comment from a, a new listener in Florida, Corey. Uh, first of all, welcome. Welcome. Glad you're uh, checking it out down there in the warmer temperatures. But to also a really interesting comment and a good comment. Yeah, uh, a good one, and it's kind of a hard one for us to address directly because. Well, you know, we're going to give away a little spoiler, I guess, mm-hmm. about let the right one in. So we have talked about this movie a lot. Uh, with good reason, and also let me in. In fact, we, we clumped them in together as one in right. last week's countdown for a few reasons, but uh, and one of them kind of has to do with what Corey brought up. But um, he says he kind of took issue with uh, Let the Right One In being included on the female vampires because, here comes the spoiler, turn it off if you don't want to know about this, um, the more you know about Let the Right One In, especially if you've read the book, really, reading the book is only way the only way to get this entire background on Eli, the Eli character, but she is actually a boy. Well, so in the film, she's just nothing. And they do show her naked. Yeah, but and it's... She, there's, is it right? But but the thing is, you have to, a film has to stand entirely on its own. It can't right. be part of a book. That is right. And in the book, they explain that she had been a boy and she was castrated by the prince who made her a vampire right but in the the film they do show that she is in fact she's not female she's not male either in the in the film right right. so technically speaking you are absolutely correct yeah so it's a very good point but like you said the film has to stand on its own and you don't get that whole backstory unless you read the book and also we didn't want to not include this. Right. And we knew if we didn't include it, somebody would complain, which rightly right. so. I mean, it's a yeah. great, and you know, and, and so anyway. Yeah, so, so we kind of lumped the two of them together. Lumped the two of them together, but <laughs> it's it's a very good point, It is a very good point. And, uh, and thank you for, for bringing it up, and thank you for listening. Hope you, uh, hope you'll continue to, and uh, chime in on the feedback, because that's a, a really good point from somebody that's paying attention, but, <laughs> but uh, Corey actually, you know, he agrees with us that he loves both those yeah. films. So uh, we, that's why we lumped them together. So, again, thank you for all the, the great feedback. A lot of fun. The next one, the next live, the next Fright Club, Club Live event is coming up on February the 10th. 
And just in time for Valentine's Day, one of Hope's all-time favorites. Loved ones! It's the loved ones, everybody! Oh my god, I'm so excited to watch this again on the big screen. With that pink dress just coming closer and closer and closer to the car. Yeah, and as we said last week, if we had hit the the Powerball, we would have flown Robin McKelvey in. Yes, absolutely. We didn't hit the Powerball. Well, actually, let me tell you the truth. So today, when we go home today, I have to watch a film. It's a horror film that she also stars in. And so you can look for the review on Screen Relish dot com sometime oh. next week okay nice so we're getting some of that love in there too but yeah february 10th for the loved ones and our countdown is going to be prom prom Lo- high school dance the high school dance the high school dance and the prom some fertile ground yeah, there yeah and you can probably guess right away a couple of them including right. the loved ones but right. there's more mm-hmm. there's more to talk about all right but this week it's skeletons in the closet second annual which means which means um, we've been doing this for over a year now. Well, last week, last week was our fifty-seven, fifty-second episode. Well, because we took one week off. Remember, we, did, we but, were in but our vacation. Fright Club, our Fright Club fans uh, covered for us. Yeah, but did that count as one of our episodes? Though, well, it didn't do a podcast, but they did a blog. Yeah, a lovely blog. It, it was, was wonderful. It was great. Thanks we again for that. We enjoyed it from so. our uh, our drunken hammock in the keys. <laughs> so, uh, hey, so thank you for all the support this whole year, and we'll we'll just keep it. Keep it rocking. Hard to believe it has been a year, but it has. We got the Oscar nominations again, and that means Skeletons in the Closet, Oscar edition. Anything we want to run over before we get into the countdown? Any well, little? why don't we hit number five, and then we'll still pause okay. and talk about Because here's the thing. This is my favorite thing about the Oscars. We can, no matter what occurs, we could do one of these every year at the Oscars, because... There are, they all have these exact skeletons in their closet. So I want to take a quick, after we get into the first one, number five, I want to just talk about everybody who didn't make the list, who was also in terrible and sometimes decent horror movies. Did I, did I just hear you say, no matter what occurs, that's right, stay alive. <laughs> and we should point out, so these go in descending order. So number five is the least bad. Number one is absolutely, without question, the most bad. <laughs> all right, this one has a, a big, already an Oscar winner. And an Oscar nominee this year for Joy, a film which uh, I liked. You didn't like that no, much. No, I didn't care for it. But uh, but I did, and that is J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence, from 2012, House at the End of the Street. You know that house is the reason why we can even afford to rent this house? What exactly happened again? The daughter of Carrie Ann killed both her parents. <laughs> She drowned in the dam. But the rumor is, you can see her in the woods. Now, the funny thing is, if you haven't seen this movie and you just watched the trailer... It seems like it might be pretty good. It's yeah, it's it's stronger than the other uh, films on this list, as I mentioned, because we put it at number five. And we could have brought it up last year because she was nominated last year because she's nominated every year because she's very, very talented. Very. But there were some uh, some epic catastrophes on last year's because we had Clooney. He's got four. <laughs> so um, anyway, so it but it did make the cut this year. And it's. You know, it's one of those, oh, a, a girl and her single mom moved to a rural spot, and oh, but the house next door, there was a slaughter, and the girl who allegedly killed her parents disappeared and could possibly be lurking around in the forest, but oh, her damaged but beautiful brother still lives in the house. You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, really, do you think that the brother is A-OK, or do you think that that far-off look in his eyes suggests something? And the mom is Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, who actually looks like she could be Jennifer Lawrence's oh, yeah, mom, does, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is better than she ought to be in this movie. And really, that's the re- that's what saves it. The rest of the performances are weak to poor. And you know the um, the you know I'll tell you what there there are some some tense moments uh, when you discover what's going on in the basement. But I'm not positive. I pronounce the guy's name Max Thero. He's just weak. He's weak in everything. He's just got that just dreamy stare, and he just doesn't really perform beyond that. Well, the uh, the producers uh, nabbed uh, her for this part after seeing her in Winter's Bone, which is a smart move because yeah. if you haven't seen Winter's Bone, that's the first time I really knew about her. She had been on, I guess, the Bill Ingvall show. Yeah, I think Can she you was imagine in, that? She was in the Beaver. Uh, something, but when we first saw her in Winter's Bone, we're like, "Holy crap!" And here's the thing: who right? is this? She's she has made great. some. She has made some great films, like some really great, great films, and she has had some great performances. For me, Winter's Bone is the best of her films and the best of her performances. She's so good, but but she's one of those, and I know she's finally. It took a while, but I think there's finally starting to be some J Law backlash, is that people don't like her so much anymore, which is inevitable when you get as as big as as she did so quickly. But she is just great. She's so good. Even in, in bad movies, she's like good. Like this one. <laughs> like this one. And uh, this one was actually pushed back. It, was, it came out. It was sandwiched between Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games, and Silver Linings Playbook. Which right, was so these guys, they realize, yeah, yeah, they hit the jackpot right. with this. So they sat on it for about a year, and it came out, right, in 2012 alongside her other two big giant Here I Am films. And uh, still, it didn't make any money because it just wasn't any good. Yeah. Um, she plays sort of the, you know, the badass high school girl who, you know, as soon as her mom tells her, you leave that boy alone, you're just seeing her <laughs> eyes. Oh, yeah? So, um, uh, but she's great in it. It's bad movie. It's pretty predictable. There are a couple of, there are a couple of grim twists that make it almost worthwhile, but it's, it's not good. The funny thing is, though, uh, it was, it was filmed, it was shot in this two part technoscope format. It makes it, gives it a grainy, kind of a grainy image to look like an older horror film and also to save money. But if you follow it all the way to the end of the credits, it still says filmed in Panavision on it. Lies. 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 <laughs> so uh, that is number five. Um, the best of this lot. Yes. Um, Skeletons in the Closet, Oscar edition, 2012, House at the End of the Street, J-Law. And she is, she's nominated for Best Actress, so we, we, we don't think she's going to win. No, no. Well, probably not, no. So who's, who's the favorite in this category, do we think? this year um yeah that's a good question because i can't I imagine say, that it's kate blanchett again i would say kate blanchett for me but she just won yeah so she's probably not going to win it's probably going to be brie larson yeah i actually uh, think and and that's who i would give it to i think brie larson's performance was just astonishing does, does, in room if you haven't seen room you really need does to Brie have a skeleton in the closet she doesn't no Ooh. she doesn't she's very you know she's young she's new she hasn't made that many films okay. and but for those of you who like the woman and haven't seen room you should see Room. Oh, yeah. Because there's a character in Room who, if who you you'll see, recognize. And you'll think to yourself, stay away from this guy's shed. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you should see you Room should anyway. You should just see Room. It's yeah, a brilliant, exactly. magnificent film. All right. Moving up, moving up to. Uh, no, we want to take a second and talk oh, about all I'm the ones. Sorry. So, right, so right, I just right. want to run down really quickly all of the nominees that have. Uh, so there are some Oscar nominees with really good horror in their backgrounds. Drew Goddard wrote Cabin in the Woods and directed it. Michael Fassbender made Eden Lake one of our all time favorites. Oh, yeah. And of course, Christian Bale, American Psycho. Woo! Everyone loves that movie. And if you don't, you should ask yourself what's wrong with you. Um, and then we've got some mediocre to fair films. Let's see Paul Allen's card. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne made Black Death, which is which is an adequate film. He's great in it. Shorsha Ronan. You know what else he made, which is horrific, is Jupiter Ascending. That's right. Sorry. It's not a horror movie. It's just, just had terrible. to get that in there. My God, was that bad. 
That's the one that came out immediately after he won the Oscar. Woo! You're just like, oh, but, you know, he bounced back pretty well. He's he nominated did. again. Shorsha Ronan was in Byzantium, which is pretty good. Neil Jordan, uh, Gemma Arterton, it's a, it's a vampire movie. Neil Jordan likes the vampire movies, and, uh, and it's, it's pretty decent. Kate Blanchett in The Gift, Jennifer Jason Lee in Single White Female. Tom Hardy made a mediocre one. It's like W-A-Z, and it was also released in the United States as uh, The Killing Gene. It's not good. It's not bad. It's mostly still in Skarsgård film, but still, it's adequate. But then we're going to move on to the other really bad ones that, for one reason or another, didn't make the cut. Um, Mark Ruffalo. Well, he made the cut last year. That's why. We yeah. couldn't do The Dentist two years running, <laughs> but um, it is really bad. But, you know, that's another one where his scene, his one big main scene, you just kind of stand and go, hey, that guy can act. It's true. It's true. He stands out, and he looks ridiculous. He's got, like, this pink sweater tied <laughs> around his shoulders. He looks utterly ridiculous, and it's he such does. a throwaway lo- throwaway part. But As soon as he's on screen, you're like, wow, yeah. acting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, when Meryl Streep wanders into the set of a Mexican soap opera. <laughs> right. You're like, hey, hey, wait. <laughs> who, who was that? But we used him last year, so we can't go back to that. Now, another one we really came close to using, Rooney Mara, uh, in Urban Legend, Bloody Mary. God, that's a bad movie. But, but she has a tiny... Very. She's got a cameo. Kate Mara is the star. Her sister oh. is the star, and she's got this just this little tiny cameo, and so okay. we couldn't do that. Um, Alicia Vikander, she's in Seventh Son. It's just not really old enough to conclude just yet, but... God, it's bad. Is that the one with Julianne Moore? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Jesus, what it's awful. What was she doing? Okay. And then just filling out, Tom Hardy is just going to be our George Clooney this year. Tom Hardy, because he's got oh, he's got movies in every imaginable place. He makes like nine movies a year, so it's bound to happen. <laughs> but he was in a really bad one called LD50, Lethal Dose 50. And it starts off, it's like, uh, it's sort of like 28 days later, you know. They're breaking into the lab. They're freeing the animals. But it turns into like an altered states kind of a thing. It goes nowhere. It's absolutely terrible. All right. So that's everybody... That, that didn't, didn't, didn't didn't get covered today. Make the list. All right, but did. We've done number five. Let's go to number four. Uh, 2009, our old friend Michael Fassbender did Blood Creek. <laughs> when you rule the blood, death is no longer the end. We hadn't been tamed until you came here. We're all going to pay for this now. Just tell me how to kill him. Once his third eye is released, we'll cross over. Nothing will be able to contain him, not even the wounds. There are those who will say real horror fans know that Blood Creek is a good movie. Those people are just wrong. (laughs) They are just dead wrong. Because Joel Schumacher directed it, and he should know what he's doing, right? And he's got a great cast, right? Henry Cavill, Michael Fassbender, and, you know, a bunch of other people who suck. But it should have been, and it's just, the storyline is ludicrous, ludicrous. The performances are heinous, except for the two. Henry Cavill is is quite decent, and Michael Fassbender is so committed to this performance that you are embarrassed for him. You just keep wondering, do you know how bad this movie is? (laughs) Well, I don't know. You... Does does Joel Shoemaker have that great of a resume? I think of no. They're I, I mostly think of Hack when I think yeah, of him. They're mostly bad, of course. Uh, uh, Lost Boys. Well, which... okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, I'm with you. How he, about Flatliners? Can uh, we go there? That's actually one of his better movies because Woo! he made Batman and Robin. Oh, he the... made Eight Millimeter. Well, he makes bad films. Well, here's the thing. You bring up Eight Millimeter. Uh, he actually got in a quite a falling out with the writer of this movie because all the changes that Schumacher wanted to make on the script, which is the same thing that happened on 8mm, and uh, Schumacher won, and he wrote a lot, of, rewrote a lot of the script uh, by himself. Which might 
happen to have something to do with why the script doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. <laughs> so just a quick recap. Here's what happens. Back in the day, uh, the Nazis were looking for Viking rune stones that would give them eternal life. And so they went to like West Virginia. Michael Fassbender, a Nazi scientist, went to West Virginia where he found one. And it gave him uh, uh, the power of eternal life. But... Uh, he had to drink human blood, and so the farmers where he lived, they used the rune stone to cause sort of a, a big spell so that he couldn't leave the property, and nobody aged, nobody aged, but for them to keep the spell, they had to supply him with human blood, so they would just nab campers. One of the campers is Dominic Purcell, which just says to me, they must have a great weight room on this farm. So this guy... He's Henry, he's Henry Cavill's brother, who's been mis- disappeared for two years. Everybody believes him dead. And he comes back to the farm. He's been held captive, a blood sacrifice, for two years. And he shows up. He's got, like, neck muscles, you know, <laughs> like, as wide as, as the back of a car. I was just like, he's, I'm like, wow, you've been, wow, that's... A lot of plus, push-ups, a lot plus, of push-ups. Uh, plus, he cannot act at all, period. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, the whole time, I'm like, I don't understand what on earth possessed them to make this be the guy. I don't get it. That's the guy. This is the guy. Uh, Blood Creek, yeah, 2009. You know what? And you brought that up at the beginning. I don't like... Anytime you start talking about movies, especially horror movies, and somebody says, well, if you were a real horror fan, you know what? Don't do that. Don't. Just don't do it. No. Because when you weren't saying that, you were just making fun of people that do say that. Yeah. Let's let's not go there. No. Um, But if you like this movie, oh, well. I'm not going to say you're not a real horror fan, but um, it's not good. Uh, 2009, (laughs) Blood Creek. And... uh, Three, yeah, number three on our list makes sense because from 1991, it is Critters 3. The Critters are back. (laughs) They've just rolled into the big city. Safe at home. In search of new neighbors. They're aliens. We don't have a gun up here or anything like that. (laughs) How about a meat cleaver? What is eating him? Critters 3. You are what they eat. Open This one might be best known, at least now, because it's Leonardo DiCaprio's feature film debut, and he is the skeleton in this closet. Yeah, he's uh, super adorable, and he's got a day-glow sort of paint spatter shirt on. The whole thing actually seems, when you watch it, it screams 1988. You would never think it was a 90s film, because the other girl, the lead girl, she's got scrunchies in her hair, and she's got the big bangs everything. But the Critters, uh, who in the previous two installments mostly stuck to isolated farmhouses, they've moved to the big city, and they've uh, they've taken over a high-rise apartment building, sort of a slum, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's got some issues with his dad, and in a very tender scene, his dad dies, and he tries to save him. But on the whole, it is, it's a Critters, it's the second Critters sequel. I mean, there's just not a single reason to watch this film, except to see cutie pie Leonardo DiCaprio, who actually quits himself relatively well, given the fact that it's a terrible film that he's in. And there's, there's that picture that has made the rounds on the internet of him sticking his fingers in the in the right. prop whatever yeah. they used for the critter which is funny you can find that uh, the other thing most is funny times. is that i think he plays character he plays is supposed to be i think 12 years old um and he looks all of 12 years old but he was actually 17 or 18 when he made the movie because he just he was he looks young yeah he had been on growing pains the tv show sure uh and a few other things but this is, this is his first actual feature film debut and the funny thing is it was shot back to back with critters four 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they shot him at the same time because some of the threads were the same in the characters, although not his. No, he, he's he was not back yeah, now because he didn't have this. Was not a like a lead type of role. It was. A, it was. That's a. It's a fairly meaty role, but the lead is a girl um, who went on to do nothing except Critters Four. <laughs> and DiCaprio uh, this year is uh, probably the front runner to get his first Oscar. He's nominated for The Revenant, which is a fantastic movie, and he is great in it. And, and I would say that he's you wouldn't he'd be the front runner right now. What do you think? I absolutely do think so. So Fassbender from the last film, he's also nominated for best actor. But I definitely think that DiCaprio has the edge over Fassbender and basically everybody else in the category. Yeah, Fassbender um, is nominee. Yeah, we didn't talk about that when we talked about Blood Creek. Well, because it, it feeds into the same category. Fassbender is nominated for Steve Jobs, who was just fantastic he because was, he's always he's good. Always he's he always is. good. Absolutely. Now, always. I liked the movie Steve Jobs better than you did. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. Um, and uh, it was one of my favorites of the year, but it was nobody saw it. No. Nobody. Talk about being greeted with a yawn. Yeah. Nobody saw it, but Steve Jobs, as as Steve Jobs, you know, Fassbender's great. Seth Rogen is pretty good yeah. as uh, Steve Wozniak. Uh, Kate Winslet is also, she was also she's, nominated. She's nominated. She's nominated. She, she's been getting some wins. She has been. Although which is, I wouldn't have no. her best supporting actress. I would not. I mean, on the whole, I think Kate Winslet is an absolute genius. I think she's she a magnificent performer. I just didn't particularly care for this role for her. And mainly, her accent just comes and goes. It does, it does And it throws me a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, there are some actors that you just expect more from. And she's one of them. Because, yeah. honestly, I think she's one of the most talented people working today. She is. She is. So, so, uh, so Fassbender and DiCaprio are both up for uh, Best Actor. But we think, finally, after many tries, DiCaprio is probably going to, uh, to get his And uh, I think best you're actor. the one who brought this up. Some people are saying that this is going to be his sort of Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that. And, first of all, he's only 45. So, it's much too young for a Lifetime Achievement is Award. And second of, he is that old. He's, yeah, he is. Wow. The other thing, though, is that he just deserves to win. He does. This is the best performance and uh, in the category, and he's magnificent he's in this film. He's great, and it's such if a great If you movie. haven't seen The Revenant, go see it now while it's still in theaters, because it yeah. is so it's, it's it, epic to it's, look at. It's really one that you want to see on the big screen. You really, really do, um, before you wait for it to be on Netflix or whatever. You've got to get the whole... The whole experience, um, it's it's so well-directed. It won't win Best Director because Inuitu won last year right. for Birdman. But uh, so good. So, yeah, see it while it's in uh, while it's in theaters, if you can. And that is uh, number three with Leonardo from uh, 1991, Critters 3. And now we're getting into the, the bad good, the good bad, the top two in our uh, Skeletons in the Closet second annual Oscar edition. And from number two... Uh, from 2006, it's number two, starring, we've talked about him before, and we love him, Tom Hardy. This is Minotaur. Let us see the mouth of hell. Open the gates. I'm going to show you the truth here. <laughs> How can a man kill that? Why are you here? I know the way out. If the Minotaur is a god, he would kill us all. But if he isn't a god, then he will burn. Here's how I know George hasn't seen this movie. Because I think it opens with a voiceover that says, In the Time of Dragons. Click. Yeah, this is not something that George would <laughs> to sit through because not only is it quite terrible. Um, oh, the trailer alone. Yeah. Oh, my. But it's one of those, it's one of those uh, you know, medieval times kind of things. And um, it's, it's awful. It's just awful. Um... Uh, but I give Tom Hardy credit. I think to myself, if I'm a young, struggling actor 
and somebody offers me a script and Rutger Hauer and Tony Todd are both I would say yes. Yeah, okay. I yeah. would say yes. I mean yeah. it's a terrible movie and and Rutger Hauer and Tony Todd both make a lot of terrible movies. Hauer plays Tom Hardy's dad. Tom Hardy is Theo and uh, the dad is the chief of uh, of this little village and the prince which is played by Tony Todd. He requires blood sacrifice for the Minotaur that lives under his castle. So he comes every year and he collects youngsters from Rutger Hauer's village and he never lets them take his son. But they took his son's girlfriend last year. And so so he goes, he swaps out for somebody this year because he's going to go save her. And right there you're going, so she's been a year in a dungeon with a Minotaur and you think she's still okay? I mean, who is she, MacGyver? But that's all right. <laughs> he goes... He gets to the castle. Tony Todd's, uh, he'll be Candyman for me forever, but oh. I think Decalion is his actual ter- character's name. Candyman. His sister is hot for Theo, uh, but. Uh, is that by Van Halen? <laughs> but Tony Todd is hot for his sister, so things get a little unseemly. Mm. But Theo goes down, battles this giant, heinous puppet. Um, it's I know, and you can tell that even in the trailer. Oh my god! Oh man, it's it's so bad. On par with Critters Three. Yeah. Uh, here, here's um, and you may you may have noticed this um in many of the scenes, especially when the two are climbing up the wall, you can clearly see the steel wire. Oh yeah, it's so. I mean, it's such a movie that you're watching, thinking, "Did they make this for Sci-Fi Network?" I think they did. And uh, today, today they made much better movies for Sci-Fi. But I'm thinking about you know, like Tuesday afternoon Sci-Fi. That's yeah. basically that's basically the caliber film we're talking about. <laughs> oh, good stuff. And Tom Hardy is uh, nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actor this year for The Revenant, uh, and he's great as well. But he's also he had an, he had another great year. Because one of our favorite movies this year is Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, I'm trusting you've seen that, because if you haven't, come on. (laughs) Uh, That's another one that you really have to see on the big screen. I'm hoping it's maybe making the rounds again. Yeah. Uh, Because if you missed it on the big screen, it's just glorious. That's really true. Uh, I'm really Truth be told, we are, both of us, rooting for George Miller to win Best Director for that film. Yeah, because we've seen it a couple of times here recently because it's uh, on HBO now. And just having it on, flipping channels, reminds me, oh, man, that looks awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's so well-directed. Oh, my God, it is. Um, yeah. Well, but uh, Tom Hardy is up for Best Supporting Actor for The Revenant. Not that he doesn't doesn't deserve it. He does. He absolutely does. But, uh, we were worried he wouldn't get that. Because it, man, right. Supporting Actor was madness this year. And the people that got left off is enough to make me want to cry. Did. Right, but Benicio Del Toro. Here's the thing. We had a bet from months ago. We had a bet as soon as Creed came out. I said, I said, Stallone is going to get nominated for Creed for Best Supporting Actor. And I'm not saying he was not good. I'm not saying that. He was good. He was as good as he's ever been. But the, the fact is, this category is too stacked. And he, he did get nominated, but... He, Oscar Isaac should have gotten Oscar nominated. Oscar Isaac didn't get nominated. Benicio Del Toro Benicio should have been Del nominated. Toro. I Josh would, Brolin. I would, Josh Brolin. I would even go the guy, and I forget his name, I'm sorry, the guy that played Easy e in Straight Outta Compton. Or, the, you know, the singer in Tangerine. Yeah. The, I, mean, I mean, there are so many people. But here's there the, are so many people that should have had that spot. But here's the thing. Now, see, I said he was going to get nominated. Now... It I looks think he's like gonna he win. might win. I know, man. And you know what? My head will just blow, just explode <laughs> off my shoulders. Now, that one, what you talked about um, a career achievement award for DiCaprio. If Stallone wins, that's what this will be. Right, but who wants to give him a career achievement I'm, award for that career? I'm he's just, made two decent movies in his life. I'm just saying that's what goes on. But here's the thing, though. There's been other times, there's been a few times where people have fought 
I remember going Lauren back Bacall. to Lauren Bacall was supposed to get one. Uh, Burt Reynolds was supposed yeah. to get one as career achievement, and they were being so. It's not a done deal. Although right now, I wouldn't bet against it. Tell you All the right. truth. And but again, I'm, I'm rooting for Tom Hardy. Are you? Yeah, 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 I'm rooting for Tom Hardy. And again, I'm not saying Stallone wasn't good. He was, but he wasn't good enough, is what we're saying. So anyway, that's uh, we got off on a tangent there. But uh, that's number two, Minotaur, 2006, Tom Hardy, and number one. I'll tell you what, I haven't seen this one in its entirety either, but I was watching part of it with you the other night, and holy moly, it is bad. Uh, And it is from 1991, and it's called Dead Space. Where'd you say that distress call was coming from? From a research lab on the planet Fabon. You telling me this is a false alarm? It is not a monster. What the hell do you call it? I think it's time I took a look at your monster. He's a fool if he thinks he can stop it. Mark Singer in Dead Space. So I think, like a lot of you, I like bad horror movies, right? I mean, I enjoy them. You just sort of unplug your brain and you watch it and it's fine and I enjoy them. And this movie is so bad, (laughs) I had to turn it off. It took me three times to make my way all the way through this movie. It is atrocious. Okay. Well, then let me hip you to two things that uh, will not surprise you at all. Number one, the movie was shot in 17 days. Uh, Number two, the director didn't see the script until the first day of shooting. Oh, well, that does explain a lot. <laughs> well, and the uh, the skeleton in this closet is Mr. Brian Cranston. Oscar nominee. Oscar first time nominee Oscar nominee. For Trumbo. Right, and he's very good. He's very, very good playing uh, a real-life character. Uh, and it's a very interesting story. We are not blown away by the movie. No. It's got some big... It, uh, we just think the tone wasn't right, but it's still pretty good. Uh, and his performance is very, very good. He's just a great actor, of he course. Is. He came to real prominence with um, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad, but he's had a long career, and this one... <laughs> this is one of those movies, if you're flipping channels or whatever, you go, hey, is that Brian Cranston? Oh, yeah. So he plays he plays a scientist, uh, and he and several other scientists, mostly, if they're lucky, from soap operas, uh, are on a, a planet far from Earth so that they can experiment freely, and uh, and they've created a you know a mutant that's going to take shape and you know kill people, and for no reason I can think of, Brian Singer lands on the planet with his his cyborg friend, his robot like basically lost in space almost era robot sidekick Tin Pan, <laughs> and and all of a sudden all of these. PhDs uh, on this planet, they're like, yes, whatever you say, guy who just showed up for no reason and might just... It's the most ridiculous. <laughs> and there is a woman in this film, she plays a doctor. Uh, her name, her the actress's name is Laura May Tate. It is maybe the worst acting performance I have ever seen. Ooh, I know, ever, ooh, ever, hey, ever. That's big, that's big talk. Because I watch a lot of bad movies. That I've is, seen many bad performances. Many of it's them. It's worse than the girl who plays Channing Tatum's girlfriend in the first Magic Mike. All it's right. way worse. Now you're just blaspheming in here. Because <laughs> that girl makes PJ Souls <laughs> look like Kate Blanchett. Oh, enough with the PJ Souls. <laughs> Had to work it in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's awful, awful, awful. Oh my God. Yeah, and Cranston. You know what? You got to give him credit. As bad as everything in this movie is, you can see him trying. He's trying to generate chemistry with uh, Judith Chapman, who's the other scientist that he plays off the most. You know, and he's trying to be conflicted because he's 
he they just want to blow up this lab and he's trying to find the cure for a disease that is running rampant on earth that obviously he has so he's he's trying to build layers into this you just but you're just going you gotta let it go bry just gotta let it go bry um (laughs) all right so let's find out the reach that we have here let's try to get the word out to because they're going to do so much press between now and the oscars somebody Put a microphone in Brian Cranston's face and ask him about Dead Space. <laughs> Don't you want to see yes, it? Yes, I totally do. I oh my god! It. And he'll be oh like, "Oh my god, what are you asking me?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he makes Let's, so many movies and does so many TV shows. He probably don't remember he did it. He probably, He's probably blocked that? it out. Yeah. Was I in that? Let's make it a movement. <laughs> ask Brian Cranston about Dead Space. So. Uh, yeah, 1991, that is number one, and uh, Brian is up for Best Actor. Yes. Uh, probably not going to win. No. Uh, again, we think that uh, DiCaprio is going to win, but he is really good. And if you like those types of movies, not a great movie, but it's a nice uh, period piece, and it really uh, tells an interesting story about a guy that not a lot of people know about, yeah. although you will know his movies. Yeah, the you guy will. that Cranston plays was a writer. A longtime writer that was black, black, blacklisted listed through the communist witch hunt, um, and uh, he ended up he he wrote a lot of movies, including Spartacus, that uh, he didn't get credit for at the time. Um, so it's it's an interesting story. You so, know, Trumbo. actually, uh, uh, Helen Mirren, I was kind of hoping we get nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She yeah. was just the highlight of that movie. She was just magnificent, yeah, as she, is generally the case. Yeah, exactly. She. I, I want to grow up to be Helen Mirren. That's she, who I want to be when I grow plays, up. She uh, plays Hedda Hopper. Uh, who um, doesn't come off well no. uh, in the movie. So check that out if you want to. But it is uh, number one, Dead Space, and our skeleton. And you know what? If you have clutch. an interest, right, yeah. it's it's free on YouTube. For the love of God, don't spend money on this movie. You can just find it on YouTube for free. Okay. All right, that's a public service announcement that we wanted to pass along. Uh, Skeletons in the Closet Oscar edition, and uh, that, looks forward, that makes us look forward to next week. We're going to uh, delve into... A uh, controversial topic in horror and in movies in general, found footage. Yes. So I actually have, I've got three more I need to watch before I make the final countdown. And, uh, and, and I think... Oh, I didn't have that song ready. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> and I think that I might be among the most persnickety when it comes to found footage. So mm. we're going to see what makes well, this list. Even I'm confused by so, it. So many of them are bad. Mm. Um, so that's next week. Uh, also, we need to know if, well, if you have a, an idea for found footage, please let us know. Again, Twitter is, uh, is an easy way to do it, at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. Um, so uh, if you have some recommendations there. But also, we want to know, what's the next country? We've done a few countdowns for the best horror of a certain country. What's the next country? Yeah, so we've done Australia, we've done England, you know. New um, Zealand. We did New Zealand. There's a lot we haven't done. We haven't done yeah. Korea, we haven't done Japan. Oh, uh, good stuff. You know, we haven't Korea. done Mexico, we haven't done Norway, we haven't done Germany. I mean, there's yeah. a ton, obviously. There are many, yeah. many, many <laughs> nations on Earth. We did do Canada. <laughs> there are a lot of countries. <laughs> so, we just found this out. That's right. Uh, so, you know, what would be the next one? What's the next one we should yeah, do? Exactly. So uh, so keep that coming. Keep the uh, the feedback coming as well. A Golden Spiral Media is also the, the fine folks who host uh, this uh, podcast. You can also uh, always comment through there as well. Right. Okay, so that's all on tap. Also, save the date if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, February the 10th. It's our Valentine edition of Fright Club Live. We're going to be back at the Gateway uh, Film Center recording the podcast, talking about proms, dance horror, and showing the loved ones. You can bet that is going to be way up high on the countdown, fighting it out for a certain other movie you can probably guess uh, for number one. So we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Until then, keep the feedback coming. I'm Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. How you like my-